everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Day two of the JG takeover of RP3. How's that? Jim Gazzolo in for Raymond Parsh the third as he takes a much needed vacation. You know, before Raymond left Hannah, I said this. It was nice of him to leave some awards for a couple of other people. He took like every award in the state at the awards thing, didn't he? I mean, it, is that fair? Uh, I mean, I wasn't there. No, hundred percent. But it seems like everybody is saying that he took everything. He took everything. He took everything, and he ran out of town. I'm sorry. Well, we're here. Beautiful, early Wednesday morning. I want to. I want to point out this. Hannah used to be in here every time before when I would come in. You seem to be a little bit later these days. Just, just saying. Because I used to write the two-minute drill. I, I know why. I, know I don't why. have to because Steve Wiley is doing it now. So. I understand the process. Yeah. But I think you should be here to engage in my witty partay of the English language that doesn't exist when you're no one here. No one's I'm here sorry. but me. That's all. So and you always come you in again. yawning lately. You're always yawning. Well, yeah. It's what happens when you wake up and then you come to work. Usually are yawning. I'm here. Up. I'm not yawning. Yeah, but you gotta drive longer I to get drive. here. I, by the I way, like most 10, exciting part minutes. of this drive today. What? Thirty-seven point three miles a gallon. <laughs> that's that's what my life is in the morning. I just see how how many miles I get per gallon to get Good here. Good job. Yes, I'm very proud of you. Very. <laughs> are you really? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> Lot to talk about today. Hannah's Mariners beat the Yankees. The Astros in a bit of a tailspin, losing six of nine. But we'll talk about baseball in a minute. First of all, I want to start with Mr. Baseball himself, Vince Scully passing away at the age of 94. I got a lot of Vince Scully stories from my days in Los Angeles. But what I remember most about him was he was very good to young reporters, very good to young people on the Dodgers beat. But he also was very traditional, and he is the last guy that links the Dodgers to New York. But actually, he's the last guy that links baseball to radio only, I believe. Because Vince Scully used to be the old time, I only did radio when it was only radio. And then he kind of brought TV in, moved his family out to the West Coast, and became a staple in American broadcasting. One of, if not the best, one of the best known broadcasters of all time. Probably a little bit before your time, Hannah, I'm sure. But used to do f- baseball, basketball, football, golf. Um, I think he did it. I think he did bowling for dollars in L.A. for a while. So Vince Scully did just about everything. I don't think he did roller derby, um, but he might have. You ever watched roller derby? Sorry, I got a sneezing fit. Uh, I have not myself. <laughs> didn't, mean to, didn't mean to catch you in a sneezing fit. <laughs> I myself have not watched Roll Derby except for when it was like in an episode of like a TV show. But my mom has gone. Wait, wait, wait. What, what TV show were you watching? It was an episode of Roller Derby. Um, dang it! I lost. Roller Derby was big back in my day. 
It was, yeah. I don't know, but big. It might have been SVU, but I might be completely wrong on that. But it was in an episode of some kind of cop show that I watched. They were doing roller derby. But wow. My mom is gone, and she said it was fantastic to watch. It was, like, uh. She could not do it herself. Every week it was like the Los Angeles Thunderbirds were on t- some weird station. And they were, I don't know, who they were always playing like the same people, but different teams. They would like dress up in different teams. But yes, that was a. They never had a road game either. <laughs> so that's roller derby, always exciting. All right, Hannah. Baseball is now done with the famous and illustrious trading deadline day. Your Mariners did about everything they could to get better, and then beat the Yankees last night. The Astros made three trades yesterday. Our guests said they were maybe looking at a fourth. They didn't pull off the fourth, but they made themselves better. Uh, They're in a bit of a tailspin right now, losing six of nine. But the Astros, the Yankees, the Padres went nuts. I don't don't know if you know that, but the Padres went absolutely nuts. They revamped their whole team. They got Juan Soto. They got Josh Bell. They got Josh Hader. They went out and then got Brandon Drury at the end. I don't even know where these guys are going to play. But if I'm in that locker room, I'm wondering, am I going to be here? <laughs> am I going to be here? The Yankees brought in five new guys. That's five guys they've got to cut. Now they traded two away, but that's a lot of change in a baseball season when, you've won, when you're when you on pace to win 100 and some games. I wonder how the locker room will react. Not so much the guys that were playing and are still going to play. They're probably happy to have more talent coming in. But there's a lot of guys that are going to be sitting now that used to play. How do they take it? How does that react in the locker room? How does the manager handle it? A bit of a bit of a challenge for Dusty Baker now because he does have to implement some new people, some new parts into the roster, and that's always a new personality late in the year. I don't, a lot of guys don't like change, and change late is interesting. But I mean, who really likes change, though? Huh? Who really likes change? Well, if you're a bad team, you like a lot of change. I yeah, but still. But these are all good good teams making major changes. I don't know. Like your Mariners, it's not a big deal. Your your your, your main change was a pitcher. He right. comes in, you needed an extra pitcher anyways. You're gonna lose one pitcher. It's not a big deal. But you take the Yankees. They were on pace to win 118 games. They brought in five new players three of whom are going to play every day. Where do they fit in? It is, I mean, they brought in two outfielders in an outfield that already was pretty good. <coughs> so where, where do they fit in? It's just a lot of change late in the year. The Astros, I, I think they're, they added a bullpen piece. They added an, a, a major bat in Trey Mancini. And he will play because they have openings at that position. Uh, but they did pretty well. They didn't get the volume, but they got a lot of quantity. Or a lot of quality, not quantity. Where the Yankees went with a lot of quantity and quality. The Astros went with a couple of selected guys as if to say, we know what we need, we know what we got. They're in pretty good shape. I, your, your Mariners aren't going to catch them. But they are going to be in the playoffs now. Yeah, and I, I don't have any I don't have any luck or really not luck, but 
any thought that we're actually going to catch the Astros. I didn't think it was going to happen. No. But I just wanted to make sure we get to the playoffs, which it seems like we are, which is to end our drought, which is that's all I really care about right now. If we make a farther run, heck yeah. Oh, you're going to get in the playoffs. You go, guys. Um, but <laughs> the main time that I would rather – I'm really looking forward to next season when – now the goal won't be just make the playoffs and actually make a run in the playoffs. So, well, next year, you, you've set right yourself now. you've set yourself up now right. to where you can start over and compete with the Astros for the long run of the year. Right. But you could you could catch a lot. You're going to catch some people by surprise. What Luis Castillo is going to beat some people in the playoffs that wouldn't have, you wouldn't have beaten before. So you're going you got a better chance now than you did the other day, and that's kind of what. What's kind of weird and sad to see is the Reds gave up, I think, eight guys. They gave up eight guys for eight kids that aren't going to help them for years to come. So what are you telling your fan base? Thank you for the season tickets. Enjoy AAA players. I mean, that's an awful lot to ask that I'm going to shell out that much money for a pretty bad product. Okay, I got to do it. I, I didn't want to do it. I know it's not the area, but as for my White Sox, who did absolutely nothing. Typical. <laughs> Expected, typical, and sa- shameful, sad, and disappointing is how I put it last night. For five years, we've been told this is a rebuild to win a championship in this year, and in the fifth year, we're on the cusp of winning the division. We're a game out, and we do nothing. Silence. Crickets. I'm not going to tell you. I'm, I'm sorry? Uh... No, no, no. You don't need to say I'm sorry. Most people would just look at me and say, I told you so. <laughs> I, really, I, you told me so. I, 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 had no... I knew it was coming. The White Sox were not on my radar whatsoever. No, so... and, and that's the thing. They should be. They should be, with all that's gone on, they should be right with the Astros, right with the Yankees as a premier team because of what all they've done over the last five years. And when they get a chance to get there, they just don't do anything. Baseball's a sport that you got to reinvent yourself weekly, monthly, yearly because you guys go down, guys get hurt, guys go into slumps, and they don't do that. Astros do it. Yankees do it. Dodgers do it. Padres do it. Good teams do it. Your Mariners did it. Good teams do it. That's what separates good teams from bad teams in baseball. That's what makes you a winner compared to a loser. Now, they could still win the division, but they're not. They're playing in a different game because they're trying to win a division where you can obviously see the, the Mariners, Yankees, and, and Astros are trying to win a championship this year. That's what they played for yesterday. They played to win a championship this week. They played to get themselves in a position to win deep into playoffs. Same with the Blue Jays. Uh, interesting Blue Jays fact is they went and got Whit Merrifield from the Royals, who, by the way, could not play in Toronto two weeks ago because he was not vaccinated. <laughs> so he now had to agree to get vaccinated just so the trade could go through. Baseball is a funny sport that way. Eric Hosmer. There's a big trade, Eric Hosmer going to Washington. He said, no, I've got a no-trade clause. I'm not going to Washington. So they had to cut another deal with Boston to get him out of town so the money would free up so they could make their trade with the Nationals. 
No other sport does that. No other sport does that. In the NBA, it's the players that make the trade. So it's a, and in football, we rarely have trades. So, do you like the trading dead? Do you like trades? Do you like action? Or do you just say, what are you doing for me, Seattle? Yeah. What okay. are you doing for me? Like, <laughs> I can, I can accept that answer. Like, what, what's going to come of this because you did this? I can accept that answer. It's, it's, it's legitimate. It's true. It's what baseball's problem is. Is there's not... Yesterday should have been a fiesta for baseball. Excitement all around and... Not very, yeah. unless you're a fan. Baseball has lost the average fan, and they've lost the young fan. And I'm not sure, I don't know how they get him back. It's a good question. I, I, don't, I don't. Is it a pitch clock? How do you make the game more exciting? I, I don't know if there's an answer to it. If you got the answer to it, give us a call at 1 337 706. 0111. That's 337 706 0111. If you're awake or if you're with Hannah and you just want to yawn all morning, go right ahead. I'm I've only Gazzo- yawned like once. I just, I, once is enough. Oh, okay. Once is enough here. Okay. We'll talk more. And we, and we still got to get into it. Did you write a letter to yourself last night? No, I did not write <laughs> to myself. Well, you did. Yeah, you told me about what yesterday. I figured maybe you went home and wrote a letter to yourself again. You. It was my favorite part of yesterday's show. I'm, well, I'm sorry. I didn't write another one. I'm sorry. The, actually, I, I gotta, I gotta admit that might not have been. The band smack might have been. The band smack was talking the, best the part? band smack you, you did in college. That's that's a classic. College football begins and Hannah talks smack from the band. Bang bang. That's Open my fist up. That's it. We got some interesting guests today. Ron Higgins from Tiger Details at 7.30. Ron Hayes to talk McNeese Sports at 8. And from the Big Easy Blitz and Saints Happy Hour podcast, we've got Andrew. That's a weekly segment, correct? And he's going to talk Saints. Got to know about, got to find out about Tyron Matthew. That's the big question. Where is he? What's he doing? When's he going to come back? We'll get into that subject when we get back. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Jim Gazzolo, I'm back for RP3 today, talking baseball, and now we'll turn to the Saints. First of all, exciting news out of New Orleans that Waiter will now deliver to your seats. At Saints games. <laughs> you don't even have to go to the concession stand. You can order from waiter and they will deliver in the stadium. How often do you use waiter, Anna? Um, I really don't use it that often. Thank you. I rarely, when I really use it is if I really want sushi because sushi masa is on waiter. So I'll order it from them. So you have a selected waiter menu of one. Yeah. I'm probably it's like I only get on waiter and not something else, so that's what I use. Interesting selective person you are. You're Very welcome. Interesting. Well, I it's I don't know. I think you can get up and go to a concession stand. But hey, if you want to watch a game. Yeah, that's I, that's just that's being too lazy. Who uh how does it work? <laughs> are you or how does it work? Does somebody actually come into the stadium and 
That'd be a good. I'll, I'll take I that. I wonder. I think you have to have somebody go in and do it for us. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see how long it takes. Where they park? They just drive up. Is there somebody that works for waiter there, and they just somebody drives in, gives them it, and you, they walk it up? That's I what I would think. I think. I don't know. Maybe is it just the concessions that are inside of the that's stadium? That's what I want to know too. I, that that's another so thing. That's I do it. Not they know probably that. like when you walk into the Superdome, like maybe it like has like a the app changes when you log into your waiter app and it shows like, are you here? And then you say yes. It changes are to you like here. It changes to where it says enter address and it's like enter seat number. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Now I'm kind of interested. Where are you here? I would I would answer back. Where else would I be? Well, I mean, you would no say, idea. "Are you here?" It would have like the address, or like you have the have no Superdome idea. on it. Uh, oh my! They would have no idea where I am. Monday news not great out of Saints camp, or Tuesday's no. news, I should say. Um, rookie smoke Monday's injury, the free agent uh, that they had high hopes for that had been impressive as a, as a safety uh, has a significant knee injury. That's a downer for the Saints. Tyron Matthew, another safety that they counted on big time, still not seen. Where's Tyron Matthew? I, when does that become a concern for you? I don't know. It, it's it's a personal issue. It's a family issue, apparently. But you want him camp, and with each day, it, the questions raise. And you know, there's there's been a history of red flags with him. I, it's it's a questionable thing. And of course, Kwan But back Baker, Kwan Baker, um, the rookie seventh round pick, wide receiver, suspended for six games for violating the league policy on performance enhancing substances. Not a huge deal in the fact that they have other pieces, but when you're just getting started in a young player, he was going to be an added piece, and you kind of after last year when they didn't have all their pieces in place. You kind of like to have everybody there. Just just bad news for to get a day started for another day. And, and their season is quickly coming, but I they haven't had a lot of good news come out of their camp. I no. think that's the thing. They haven't, uh, you know, we, we got the Thomas issue. How does he fit in back into the team? How is Jameis Winston's knee recovery? Uh, there's a lot of questions for a team that has some high hopes. I, I would I would think you you would want to hear some good news starting to come out. We want to know where Tyron Matthew is when he'll be there. Um, obviously, the the Smoke Monday news isn't going to be good, but you want to hear about some things that are Winston's getting along with his receivers. They're starting to learn and pick up things. We just haven't heard a lot of good news yet. Yeah, I mean, the only thing thing really good news wise that came out of yesterday was that they are expected to sign the free agent tight end, Chris Herndon the fourth. Yes. Which, I mean, that kind of helps, but, like, then it's like, okay, but what if Hayson Hill, like, what's going on with Hayson Hill? Like, what's going on with that, him? That's, how uh, yeah, how, how quickly is he going to be a, a contributor? How does he fit into the new role? That's, that's one of the – Hill especially is kind of a, an interesting case in – Sean Payton had a vision for him and right. how he fit in and the spots he could fit in. And Sean Payton's no longer there. What's the new kind of role for Tyson Hill? Because they gave him a lot of money. 
What's going to be his role, and where does his role fit into a team that is pretty is pretty stout? Um, but he was always that kind of Swiss Army knife guy that could do a lot of different things, right. and he was kind of Sean Payton's toy. Does he have a real role with this new offensive coordinator and this new group? I that's and and by sitting out, how does that put his role back further? In other words, how much did he need camp to kind of solidify himself with the new group? I know there's a lot of the pieces are the same in that. Everybody understands that. But still, you're setting the new offensive coordinator, new coordinators, new new head coach. What's he comfortable with with Tyson Hill? And that is going to be an ultimate question of how much he plays and yeah. where he plays. And, I mean, they've signed some other tight ends um, – after you know during training camp and like right before training camp as well but i think they are i think as we listen to da talk often it seems like they are labeling Taysom to be in that tight end role yeah but i just i don't know it well, makes that, me nervous that's his, injury, his role but like is, that's what should he should that's what wow that's what his role should be i well, feel well that's that's what it is he's he's not a traditional tight end he's like that h-back guy that can do multiple things but that's that's who he's going to be battling with when it comes to time in the room is he's going to be battling with tight ends for his playing time. So that is where he goes and how much time he gets. I think he needs to be on the field more than anybody to kind of solidify what his role is going to be. But, yeah, what do I know? Right now we got Chris on the phone. Chris, are you there? Hey, buddy. Thank you so much for taking my call this morning. All right. What's up? What's on your mind, Chris? Okay. I want to talk real uh, I want to talk about the Saints real quick, about a couple of things here. All right. You know, our quarterback situation we have gone into this season with Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton and Ian Book. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure Ian Book makes a team. We'll see. But, okay. So here's the thing, man. One of my buddies brought this up to me about uh, Andy Dalton. Yes. I. I'm going to tell you, this offense got got some real uh, weapons, you know, the Saints yeah. offense. And I know it's early, and I, and I know that Jameis Winston has been in the offense for a few years. But, um, do, you know, I want to get your opinion on this. I, I think that we may, if Winston can't get it done, I think we may literally see uh, Andy Dalton as a guy that we can win with if need be. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... And the other thing I want to talk about was, you know, the whole, I'm sure y'all touched base on it, the whole Sean Payton, the Dolphins being, uh, you know, stripped of that first-round pick. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the two teams, I, I truly believe Sean Payton coaches next year. I just think yes. he needed a little time off. So we, we've been hearing, every, you know, around here, we hear the Cowboys and maybe the link to Jerry Jones. So does this give Dallas, now an advantage as far as having uh, ammunition and, and draft picks. Oh yeah, to, uh, yeah. To get Sean Payton from us. That's that's yeah. That's sure, and and his his value will be because he will have sat out here. His value will actually be a little less in the trade value uh, area. But yeah, they, that puts Dallas uh, one up. It probably takes it takes the Dolphins out. Um, but yeah. it, it, there is a dark horse team that I could see him going to if it's not the Cowboys. But there's two actually. I, I could see him being with the with the Chargers if things don't go well in San, in uh, L.A. 
Um, but I could also see him going back to Chicago and his hometown of the Bears if things go bad there for one year. Although both have brand new coaches. Um, the, the Bears have a brand new coach. They might wait two years. But the, but otherwise, I think it's Dallas. I think yeah. it was almost what? always Dallas. Now, as for Andy Dalton, uh, Chris, yeah, he's a great uh-huh. pickup. I think he's a great backup. He uh, he is limited in, in what you can do with him. But if you have weapons around him, he will make the right decisions. He will put you in the right place to make plays. And he can advance the football. He's just not a guy that's going to be um, – what we're seeing now in, in some of the other guys that can run around. He can't do a lot with his feet, but no, he's a, he's a great backup. He's, he may be one of the three best backups in the NFL. Yeah. One last, one last question. Okay. I'm up against a break. Wanna, so make it quick. What are you, what are you hearing about uh, Tyron Matthew, the honey badger? Is he not in practice? And is, uh, should we be concerned? Have a great day. Who that? Right. Uh, yeah. Real quick for Chris. And thanks for calling. Yeah, I'd be concerned until he gets into camp and you see what's going on with him. Um, every day makes it a little more interesting. So, yeah, as far as the honey badger goes, you would want him in camp. Uh, you need him in camp. The quicker, the longer he stays out, the more you have to worry about it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see when he comes to camp. I'm Jim Gazzolo. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Superstation, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We'll be back after this. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back. Jim Gazzola back in for RP3. And, hey, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with the latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Astros, well, they lost 6-9, but the the playoff-bound Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register at the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a, four, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaway is powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I got La Meridian better for you today, didn't I? That takes a little time. That's all it takes. Hey, right now we got James on the line. And James, uh, what's up? How you doing? Great, Jim. Great job filling in. I wanted to uh, comment on two things, the Saints and some baseball. All right. On the Saints, uh, I'm an old-time Saints fan. I was two years old with my with my mama and daddy in Tulane Stadium in their first season. And I go way back as a Saints fan, and I haven't been as excited for a season as I am this year. Uh, this is going to be a defensive team. All Jameis Winston has to do and what our season's riding on is the six inches between his ears. He just has to know. He just has to be good enough, good enough, and not have to be a hero. Mistake-free. We'll Mistake-free. Awesome yep, yep. Yes. And, and, as far, and as far as baseball goes, Hannah, our Mariners, had the rubber game today with the Yankees. And then 14 out of the next 16 games are against the Rangers, the A's, and the Angels. We Get got ready this. for another streak. Oh, we a, got this. It's not even fair. G-Rod doesn't. coming and, back. And, and I'm in the minority, but I think they're going to get close enough to Houston to put some pressure on them before the end of the year. They might not catch them, but they're going to make them look over their shoulder. They're going to be a threat in the playoffs. And, well, and, and 
good point, Jim, about Houston messing with chemistry. I think you're going to see it. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. They're going to. I. I. Uh, thanks for the call, James. They're going to be with with Ca- Lewis Castillo. They're going to be in the playoffs with and, and have some damage to be done because that is your game one starter. So yeah. that is not, especially in the two out of the first round being two out of three. That means he's going to throw one third of the games at at bet, at least maybe half. That's a huge deal. And then if you can get him into start game one of the next round, you you have a chance. You have a chance to have the best pitcher pitching each of the first games of their playoff, and that's that's your benefit of getting off to a good start. As for James and the Saints, uh, lots of questions about the Saints as far as I'm concerned about how they mix everything in and how they do getting Thomas back into the flow of. Because he hasn't played in a long time. And getting him into the flow of the game and accustomed to the game and getting him comfortable with Jameis, who he hasn't really played with, um, is key. Jameis is huge because he cannot make mistakes. And back to the first caller, Chris's point, Andy Dalton sitting there is an option that gives you the chance to go in a direction of safety first. If your defense is really that good and you can run the ball, and let's say Kamara gets only two games, who knows, um, and you can run the football, suddenly Andy Dalton becomes an option that you got to look at and say, if Winston's struggling with, with turnovers, I can go to Andy Dalton and know I got a security blanket there. So the Saints, yeah. that, that was a very big pickup that I think people have kind of overlooked in the NFL because he, he he is a good insurance policy for both the knee and for any Jameis Winston regression. But it's as far as the, the talk of the Dolphins, interesting, the NFL was interesting to me in this. They came out after a six-month um, investigation. I don't know who I don't know what they do with their investigations in the NFL, but they had a six-month investigation which seems like an awfully long time. I mean, I watch old detective shows, and they solve it in an hour. And these guys go <laughs> six months and have all the money in the world to fix oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'd like, to, I'd like to see more of the, you know, an old Mannix episode or something, <laughs> fixing it in a half hour. Uh, but they came up with there was no – they came up with there was no Brian Flores proof of they were forced – or forcing or intentionally losing games. I, I I think that that's naive to say the NFL teams don't tank games <laughs> to get a better draft pick. Maybe there's no proof, but don't say there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever. There's evidence every week that it, they benefit from. Uh, NBA teams have admitted to it. The NFL has, eh, there's some teams that have kind of borderline admitted to it. I know that looks bad optically and really looks bad in Vegas if they say people are tanking games. But let's let's accept that, okay, the investigation said they didn't. So that part of the investigation is why they didn't get slapped harder. But they did admit that there was proof that they were tampering with both Tom Brady and Sean Payton. So that does kind of knock Sean Payton out of the Dolphins because you got to assume – a trade to get Sean Payton be their head coach next year would include the first-round draft pick that they lost. That leaves wide open, you know who, the Dallas Cowboys. So if you are the if you are the Saints and you only would have Sean Payton for one more year, so if he sits out next year too, 
you don't get anything for him if he goes to another team. So you want him to go to another team next year to get something for it. What are you willing to accept from the Dallas Cowboys? What do you want? Do you want a first-round draft pick? What would you? What would you? What do you think Sean Payton is worth to the Saints, so that he he coaches the Dallas Cowboys? And is he worth more because it's the Cowboys and you don't want him to go to your competition that you see than if he went to like uh, I don't know Las Vegas, Las Vegas to the Raiders? What would you want for Sean Payton? I think you for definitely Sean Payton was a great coach. So just one. Oh, rap, I, you know, one, you, I know Saints fans love him being a great coach. He won as many Super Bowls as Mike Dicka, but okay, go ahead. Anyways, <laughs> I think he's a great coach. He's the only coach I know, um, and now I know Dallas, Dennis Allen. But um, I just you can't get this one round, first round pick. I think no, you, you got to get multiple picks. Yeah, I think you get two, three picks, um, maybe, maybe a player. I, I, don't I, that, I don't know if you want a player. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you don't. But I think you need at least probably two, maybe max like four round, like first and second round picks. Well, if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys don't win a Super Bowl this year, yeah. I would imagine they would want Sean Payton. I, I would think Mike McCarthy would be done, and and they would come to Sean Payton and they would say, okay, let's make the deal. So this is going to be – I know we're talking hypothetical. I think this is going to become a reality because I don't see the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl because I don't think Mike McCarthy can win a Super Bowl. Although, let's be honest, he has won as many Super Bowls as Sean Payton. (laughs) I don't think he's going to win in Dallas. And Jerry Jones has always had an eye for Sean Payton. Sean Payton has Dallas ties. He also has Bears ties. Let's not forget that. He's a Bears quarterback. But he also has Dallas ties. Makes family sense. It just seems like a natural fit. And it seems like you could work out a deal with the Cowboys to get a first-round pick and a couple other picks. Yeah. And solve some problems. Yeah, if we have to, then we have to. If we have to, he's gone. He's not coming back. Get something for him. Yeah, but who wants to go against him, though? Well, I agree, but then you want him out of the NFC, so you'll let yeah. him go to the AFC. Yeah. So you'd Any offer you'd, you'd you'd accept less for the AFC. So you can manipulate that situation. You could say, "Well, we want so much from Dallas because we see them as a as a block to the Super Bowl," and say, "We'll give less to say Los Angeles or Las Vegas in the AFC because you want to steer him in that way." But you also lose the optimism of saying, I'm going to sit out a second year and do TV for two years, and then I'll just go wherever I want to go. And you don't get anything. Yeah. So it, it's a game you got to. It's a gamble game. It's a it's a game you want to play. And plus, if Dennis Allen does well, maybe Sean Payton, the value of him goes down a little bit to you, and you say, okay, we don't mind if he goes, and we'll, t- we'll take one less draft pick, or we'll, we'll take a selected something. But you're going to get at least I, – I think you're going to get at least one first-round draft pick from him. Yeah. You deserve that. And then maybe a couple of seconds or whatever you can package in. Yeah, I think so. I'm with Are you, you. going to miss Sean Payton? No. All right. I mean, he's the only coach I've ever known for the Saints, but – Did you see the movie? You didn't see the movie last night. I did please. not see the movie. Please the tell me you're not, Please is... tell me you're not going to see the movie just because we're talking about it. I might see the movie if we're talking about it. He, I won't do it alone, though. I'll make – my fiance watched it with me. It's not 
look, if you're a Saints fan, it's not the worst movie in the world. It's just cheesy. <laughs> That's all. It's just a, just a little cheesy. I can be a cheesy person. Well, huh. I'm trying, to make, I, it, trying to make Kenneth watch, uh, like, a sweet, cheesy romantic movie this weekend, too. So, I'm throwing both. And, of course, we await the NFL's decision on what to do about Deshaun Watson getting six games. It's got to come today, doesn't it? Today or tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you, you got a Roger Goodell prediction? I think he hands him a year. I think there's so much political pressure on it right now. He gives him one year. I mean, I would love for it to happen. Will it? I don't know. But it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. The but NFL, we'll get into this after know. the break. The NFL cannot figure itself out when it comes no. to political situations. So this is that. just another disaster for the NFL waiting to happen. Yeah. So. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Salto, Louisiana's sports station. You're home for Hannah's chasing down Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers. We're back. Still hour number one. Goes by quick. Hannah, it goes by so quick when I'm in here with you during the day. The first hour, although I thought it was seven thirty. Although I thought it was seven thirty. <laughs> you thought it was seven thirty earlier. Oh boy, that happened. Uh, gotta let's let's call up our poll. What is our poll question today? Because it has football related. It is football related. It's actually like all things related, really. Um, but with college camp starting, uh, our foodie poll question of the day or of the week is: What is your go-to main entree at a tailgate? Hamburgers Ooh. and hot dogs, seafood, chicken wings. Or other. So far, leading, we have hamburgers and hot dogs at 57%, with other followed by it as at 29%, and then chicken wings at 14 and zero votes for seafood. No one wants, like, a crawfish boil. That is surprising. That is surprising like, down here. Yeah, I was waiting for, like, that to be, like, 100%. I, I thought <laughs> that would be 100%, but that, that's a – I thought – a seafood or some type of gumbo or something. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I. So I, that's so why I put broadly seafood because yes. if it's cold, you're gonna want like gumbo. And I've seen, I, I've, I don't, I didn't see hot dogs and hamburgers as, as the go-to. I thought they were more like uh, the fringe for the kids. Um, I thought wings would run away with it. I don't know. I I'm, wings... I'm a, I'm a toss-up. I would definitely would love you know being here in Louisiana. I would love crawfish bowl every tailgate. Because who doesn't love so yours some is, crawfish? So your, yours is crawfish. Yes, or as our yeah question, our option is a seafood. Um, John Paul Cajun Daddy commented, "Got to grill baby burgers, hot dogs, and some wings. Can't beat grilled wings." And grilled then, wings, interesting. Right. And then JBK the OD says, "Soup. As long as soup of the day is a well-aged bourbon with ice croutons, <laughs> one of the Colonel E. H. Taylor's varieties is preferred." And what then, was the soup? The soup is a well-aged bourbon That's what with I thought ice he said. croutons. But so why not? It's a little bit of... <laughs> I'm not sure that's the... I guess that's a heck of a soup if you're feeling a little under the weather. Yeah, all the time. Uh, and then Hart says, to be fair, 
a Louisiana tailgating is almost guaranteed to have a full-on meal inside, like rice and gravy, jambalaya, gumbo, etc. So other. Oh, that that's there's no question. Yeah, you get. I mean, you're gonna have full-on meal, but well, like, what's I, your main thing you want to have is like. I said this yesterday on the show. I think. I I remember the first. I've seen a lot of tailgates. Yeah. And, and I've seen, and I'm not saying one tailgate is better than the I don't want to get a fan base into it. I thought LSU's tailgate was the most unique food I've ever seen, as far as most of the Midwest tailgates that I'm used to. Yeah, there a lot of beer, a lot of kegs, a lot of hot dogs, a lot of bratwurst, a lot of California, a lot of wine, a lot of wine kind of. But here, there was all out meals. It was like Thanksgiving in these. As I walked by Winnebago's, I was stunned by how big the spreads for food were. Yeah, I've actually never been to an LSU game. I don't know how. But really? Not. Nope. Well, you need to get and my, to one. My, and my aunt literally lives like five minutes from the stadium. You need to get to one. That's that's the plan. Look, I don't. My now stepsister is going there. I don't. So. I don't want to go crazy and, and compare fan bases and all that. I just know that the tailgate was unique because there are bigger screens than like movie theaters in the parking lot. And there are people there that are just eating as if it is a holiday meal. And they set up families from families and families rows. It's it's a unique experience. And like I said, tailgates are all tailgates, but theirs is very unique, very different and massive. It is a massive show. I don't know how many people go into the state. Now, you go to McNeese where they tailgate. They have a pretty good tailgate. I'm not sure a lot of people go into the state. <laughs> I see a lot of people stay out there and watch LSU, but tailgate at McNeese. <laughs> a problem the Cowboys have. Hmm. <laughs> Something that's got to be fixed. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that like is, that, that, I, and I've been told that. They, the people love the tailgating. And, you know, there's so many college games on TV that uh, I, I get kind of both. I can run in and out of the stadium. and I guess do everything. Just you can do everything games. at one time. Maybe that's the whole key is you want to do everything at one time. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But uh, we also have Darren who said it's a barbecue. Chicken wings, a whole lot of chicken, and beer. A whole lot of beer. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, the barbecue is 100% correct. That that's the way I look at it. You give me you give me chicken wings and barbecue and I'm good. Yeah, and then uh, Mr. Green is says it depends on the time of the year. When it's still hot, burgers and brats can't go wrong with those. When it dips below sixty or so, question mark gumbo, usually chicken and sausage. Well, that's I like that guy right there. That's a guy that adapts to the situation. Yeah, I mean obviously you're gonna change a somewhat move. on like you know what you're eating depending on how. Yeah. Cold or warm it is, yeah. He never said. He never said when Florida comes to town we have gator. Gator said like chicken. By the way, I, I that's what I hear. I'll love some, love me some. Gator. And if that's the case, then I'll eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, I, I don't need something new. I don't need something new. We'll be back after the break. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll be back after the break. Everything, everything, everything gonna be alright this morning. 
Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back. Jim Gazzolo in for RP3 this week, and it's our number two. I was off an hour last hour, but it is hour number two. I am confident it is the 7 o'clock hour. I'm looking at the clock on both my computer and my watch. It says hour number two. Hey, we're going to talk whatever sports talk you want to talk about, but we're going to go to college football next. We'll give me a call at 1-337-706-0111 if you want to talk. College sports, we already have two callers on the day. so uh, New season's coming up. Camp's opening up. McNeese opens up its camp in one hour. UL opens up next uh, tomorrow, I believe. New coaches everywhere in Louisiana. Somebody asked me the other day who's going to win the Southland Conference, who's going to win the national championship. At, at first I said who's in the Southland Conference because of all the changes. I wasn't sure. Who's going to win the national championship and on what level? Great question, but nobody knows. So much has changed with the portal. So much has changed with conference alliances that and and head coaches that I think there's a lot of question marks as to actually which is the best team right now. And I think that's a good thing for college sports and a good thing for college football. Uh, but it, it does leave you wondering where we're headed as a sport because – Everybody wants to, and McNeese is one of them, everybody wants to get out of FCS. Does the FCS exist? How does it exist? What does it mean for those schools? How's the money going to get divided? That's all we hear about in the offseason, and it seems to confuse people more than anything else. Here's the facts. The college football playoff, as it stands, will be in play at least through 2025. We'll have four teams this year. It'll basically look the same. I'm pretty sure Alabama's going to be one of the four. Who's the other ones? What is your expectations? LSU fans, what's your expectations? Hannah, what's your expectations if you're an LSU fan? Uh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. What do you, what, um, are, are you a Brian Kelly fan? At the, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have Ron Higgins from Tiger Details talk. What is the expectations for Brian Kelly? I mean... Do I think they're going to have a better record than they did the last year? Yes. Six and six? Sure. I think they'll be better than six and six. Yes. I, I, they better be better than six and six. I'm trying to think what I want to, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do math and make sure I don't say something that's not even possible. <laughs> uh, I would think maybe like eight and four. Eight and four would be a good year. I think that would be a good year. That would be a good I first step. Give you, get you two more wins. Um, and get you closer to being where you used to be because I don't think the standards of what LSU is and or well, was, I don't think it's there anymore. And I think they need to find that. And I think Brian Kelly, with what he's saying that he's doing and how the co- the players themselves are reacting and how they're buying into Brian Kelly so quickly and making sure that, you know, there's trust between the players to the coaches and coaches to players. I think it leads to a hopeful season to come. I think, yes, they probably will do a little bit better, but I'm not sure if they're really a playoff team. That I'm not 100% not Not at 8-4. No, they're no. not a playoff team. And year. I actually uh, just got word from one of our listeners in one of our very faithful tweeters, I guess you could say, 
part and Jeff Duncan just posted about maybe five, ten minutes ago that Tyron Matthew is expected to rejoin the Saints today as he flew oh, back big. in last night. Um, it still doesn't say exactly what the family matter was or the, well, the personal matter, but it says that he's back. It says he's coming back. And hopefully to start, you know, with Marcus May and develop coach, some chemistry back. Right. There. And, you know, Dennis Allen said we're kind of allowing him the space to handle what he needs to handle. And we'll be sitting here with open arms when he's ready to come back. But practice starts today at 9 a.m. So hopefully we'll see Tyron Matthew back in the fold playing. And Well, that the interesting thing about that tweet is he flew back in last night. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a guy who, you know, came to the Saints to come back home. But it's a family matter, so it must be something back probably from when he was in Kansas City. That's what I'm. That's so what it's I'm thinking probably as well. it's probably an issue that has to do with Kansas City, some family there or some relationships there that's probably un un team related. Well, I hope yeah, it's, I, I hope it's nothing big. Yeah, I don't think it's anything. And people were trying to suspect something else going on, but I don't think it was anything to do football related. No, I think it, it was more like unfinished no. business, maybe of like personal things so like you know yeah. he had like a house that maybe like doing a foreclosing you know a, a closing or something like that or family yeah. i don't know i, I feel think, like it's something I think, personal I think, I think you're being kind i don't think <laughs> there, it was anything agent, about there are football. agents that take care of that i think it's probably relationship related oh of, of some kind how's that sure. that just that makes more sense and Houses, there are people that can do that, and we 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 fax things over and and sign things. I don't, know. I don't worry about money. I wouldn't do that. This <laughs> this seems more like it was probably personal and family oriented of some type with the relationships that ended, and now you move on. Maybe. Okay. I, I, as long as as long as he's here and everything's right. calmed down That's in point. his life, as long as then, his head's focused when he gets back. I don't I don't think he's not going to miss the time. No. The only thing is he didn't want the time to linger to where everybody else was kind of have to talk about it and get involved in it. Yeah. Get it over with and move on. Yeah, but I, I just hope that when he does return to practice today that at least hopefully his head's in the game. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to be. six. missing what? It was six practices yeah. that he's missed? Yeah. I, I don't know. That that I wouldn't be He'll be in shape. Head focused. He'll be in shape. But that's, that's, that's a good sign for the Saints. That's, that's you know, we talked about earlier in the show what's a good and what's a bad day. This makes this a good day for them because it, it gives them some stability on what to expect. They get to see him. They get to end that portion of the conversation. One thing you don't want to do is these things that linger, you don't want them to linger into where peop, other people have to talk about them all the time. That's where it bothers people, and the next thing you know, everybody's making comments about things they don't know about. And you don't want to do that. So uh, get it over with, move on. Uh, all right, now we got Mike on the phone. Mike, are you there? Yes, sir. Where are you calling so, from? As far as the uh, trade rumors with Sean Payton, I think that the uh, you'd have to look it up. But at minimum, they should get what the Raiders got when they traded the last coach that got traded in the league, which was John Gruden, who at that point had not won a Super Bowl. No. So he wasn't a proven Super Bowl winner. So whatever the Raiders got from Tampa Bay, they should get at least, if not more. And don't put it past Jerry Jones to fire a Super Bowl winning 
coach because he fired, if I'm not mistaken, Jimmy Johnson after he won not one but two Super Bowls. Yeah. So I don't even think the Super Bowl saved McCarthy. And as far as the baseball thing to make it more interesting, they'll never do it. But bring back the rule that says that if the catcher has the ball in his hand and the runner runs him over and he coughs up the ball, he's, he's safe. And then not only apply that to that base, but apply it to all the bases. And I guarantee you'd get eyeballs watching the TV then. All right. All right. Thank you, Mike. Mike, Mike going back into old school baseball and wanting people to get run over all over the place. Uh, I think he might have wanted to. Mike sounds like he wanted more about football and baseball than that. Uh, I, I disagree with Mike on one thing is when John Gruden went from Tampa Bay uh, from the Raiders to Tampa Bay, the the thing was he was under contract and he was coaching at the time. That's why he got they got so much for him. Sean Payton can look at the Saints and say, I'm just going to sit out another year and you're going to get nothing for me because he doesn't want to cripple the team that he's going to. So I, I think he's not worth as much in that respect because it's a different situation. Um but I do think he's got value. It's just a matter of does he want to coach next year or not? How quickly do they want him? Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson is an interesting case. Jerry Jones officially didn't fire Jimmy Johnson. He actually got drunk, talked to a reporter, and said, I can win with Barry Switzer. Johnson heard it. They got into a big argument, and they came to the old mutual understanding, and we will move on, and Barry Switzer came in. Uh, but... No, Jerry Jones would fire him in a minute if he thought he could get Sean Payton. If he thought he could get Sean Payton in a good deal, he would fire Mike McCarthy today. I, I believe that. I believe it's ultimately been Jerry Jones's want to have Sean Payton as his uh, head coach. And why not? He's innovative. Uh, at the time he was younger, he was good to the league. He would have been great for the Cowboys. He was their former offensive coordinator um, under Bill Parcells. So he had ties to the team. Made a lot of sense. Still makes a lot of sense. To me, it makes the most sense of anybody where Sean Payton goes. Um, and, and I know Saints fans get a little ruffled by that, but Sean Payton was in New Orleans a long time. And sometimes you just wear out your welcome or you want a new, new ideas, a fresh start. Uh, he earned it. If they can work out a trade, great. If they can't, he'll sit out another year. I think a lot of it depends on how much he likes TV. I don't know how good he's going to be on TV. Um, I think he'll be better than Drew Brees. Uh, but how well he will be and how well he'll like it. How much will he miss the game? How much of it does he like the X's and O's and watching film and deciding on that? Those are the things I think that will decide uh, what Sean, when Sean Payton comes back and where. Uh, we're coming up on a, coming up on another break. Do we have a caller before that? Oh, coming up on another break. Uh, when we come back after the break, we'll get into LSU and college football if we can. We'll be happy to take your calls. One three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. Lake Charles, are you out there for me? I live in Lake Charles. Give us a call from Lake Charles. This is the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home. For LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and Company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jim Gazzolo back for RP3 today. I am not wearing pants. I'm wearing shorts. Just so everybody knows that. I try to avoid wearing pants as often as possible. Yeah, I don't like wearing pants. That's the way it should be. They're too long. They get hot. That's the way it should be. The game at 1037thegame.com and 1041 TheGame.com can help you with your date night blues, Hannah. That's because once you become a member of the Rewards Club, you will receive you have the opportunity to win excellent prizes, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, and or $50 gift certificate to Arcadiana Bar and Grill, a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes. By becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so sign up today. How's that for you? Am I getting better? Yes. Better with the reads. It wasn't Ma Bells, it was Mabel's. Yes, Mabel's. <laughs> Next time I come in, it'll probably be Ma Bells again. All right, we're college, we were talking college football. I started with the we actually were talking NFL. We got Ron Higgins at the bottom of the hour. With Tiger details, we talk LSU. I asked you this question. I, I have a question for anybody out there. Who I, you cannot take Georgia, you cannot take Alabama, and you cannot take Ohio State. Who's going to win the national championship? Will those three teams that are always in the running be in the running again? I, I'd like to see some new blood. I know LSU fans would love to see LSU every year. I'm just saying, who would you like to see as new blood in the game? Do you have a pick, Hannah? Do you have anybody that you would actually like to see compete for a national championship? I mean, there's no one I would actually like to see other than, of course, LSU, but... Um, well, yeah, well, you got the Cajuns. You got your Cajuns. They could go 12-0 and one year. and Wouldn't they go 11-1 and last year? Yes. They were close. Mm-hmm. Now, you got you to figure out a way to get them into the playoff, yeah. but 11-1 is pretty good. When you who do you who do they open with? Do you know who the? I didn't have? know, and I lost it. Um, I know it's I know it's a. I'm trying to think. I was trying to remember all the opening games. McNeese is at Montana State. UL has a big southeastern. Game. Yes, they have a Southland game, and I I say that because it's a big weekend for the Southland that wants to suddenly reappear and reemerge as an FCS opponent. Southeastern has UL. McNeese has number two, Montana State. Northwestern State has number four, Montana. And uh, Incarnate Word has Southern Illinois, who I think is 14. And Incarnate Word, I think, is 15 in one of the polls. I want to see how they do. But I want to see how – I want to really see 
what LSU does in Florida State. Because to me, those are two programs that have been down a couple of years now, Florida State a little longer, but are trying to bounce back. And that, to me, becomes a big game to see which one of the programs takes a big step back into the national spotlight. Because that's a spotlight national game made for TV, perfect for everything, and I want to see what they do. And it's time for college football. And now we got to get into the real crux of college football. Will you quit with the four teams? I I'm tired of four teams in the playoffs. We got to get to eight. We got to get to 12. We got to make this thing happen. Get on board. Understand that people want the playoffs. Bowl games are nice. Bowl games are sweet. People want playoffs. Oh yeah. I'd much rather playoffs than bowl games. Cause and you're a, and you're a you New Orleans bowl person. Yeah. Maybe mainly that's. They could still be go. the bowl games could still be there. Just give me a 12 team playoff. I don't think you do as many bowl games. That's fine. If you have a larger playoffs, I do think you need you the do. New Mexico Bowl? No. Do you need the what was it? The Baja Fresh Bowl? No. All right. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> you 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 get four bowl games that are in the playoff. Well, yeah, but I'm saying I think the four places you would go, I think you go somewhere, and those four bowl games need to be where you're going to get the most. It's not watchership. Watchership sounds like it's not a word. Viewership. Viewership. That's the word I was like, some shit. Watchership. Watchership, <laughs> watchership is creative. That's creative journalism. Close. That's creative journalism. I was close enough. Uh, but, yeah, I think you find you watchership. Do, you have four bowl games, and they're in, you know, the place where you get the most viewership and you make the most money, and that's all you get, and then you go to a 12 game, 12 and, team playoffs. And you make fun of my Ma Bell. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I. Words are hard. Love, love to see that. Love to see the national championship game every year at either Miami or the, the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl, one of the four big bowls. Um, get Dallas involved, spread the spread the semifinals out, but more importantly, get them at big venues. Make it become something you want to do. And I, I'm I'm a big fan of the first four games being on campuses. I'm I'm for four buys, f- uh, an eight team tournament, uh, eight teams in the first round at four campus sites. Get the campus kids involved. Then take the final eight off to um, neutral sites. That's it. That. I, I, Sounds I, good to me. I, I just you just go I, tell them that. You go. Tell I have them told them that they don't listen. Well, I'll see you until the right. They people. don't listen to me. They're too worried about who's getting the NIL money. And I'm not getting any NIL money. So right, I want some NIL money. If I got it, I would definitely. Give it to me. I would definitely sponsor somebody. <laughs> but. And I'm also, and I've said this before, and I get on this tangent, I'm tired of coaches whining about the system and the portal, transfer portal. You created the system by your transfer portals and leaving kids. Let them do the same. It's free agency every day. Every day is Christmas. I, but I, I see regulations on it. I'm like, when you can. It's not even as... I, I, I do think you should have some time a transfer frame. portal. I do I'm think there should be time frame. Yeah, I think there should be a certain time where, like, okay, from June first, a cutoff of June first, a cutoff of May first. We have cutoffs for we have cutoffs for signing periods. 
I do think the transfer portal is hurting fresh incoming freshmen. Yeah. Teams aren't looking at them and saying we're going to build for the next four or five years. Uh, what, what they're doing is just rehashing the same guys, and it's leaving a freshman class behind. Yeah, I do worry about that. Yeah. I think you have to have a certain time because if you're constantly being able to just hop team to team and you do whatever you feel like, how do you make a bond with any team you're on? Well, how I, can your teammates yes. even trust you? Because they're like, well, you're going to be here maybe, you know, these four games, they're going to leave. I, I, I would be I would be for one free jump, and I would be for a time frame of when that jump period is. Yeah, I, I would put some limitations. The NCAA isn't going to do that. The NCAA loses every time it goes to court. <laughs> it's like it's not going to try to do anything. It's going to try. It's trying to. The NCA itself is trying to survive. Yeah, it's trying to tell the big colleges you need us, and they don't. They really don't. I mean, the NCA doesn't run the playoff system. The only thing they really do is run uh, the NCA tournament. So I mean, that that's. A lot of people think it's NCAA football. NCAA football does not give a national championship. Essentially, that is the that is the college football playoff. That is a completely different group that decides who goes and what. The NCAA kind of runs it, and, and the NCAA really has hasn't done enough to to check anything before. They never looked ahead and said NIL is coming. They never looked ahead and said the transfer portal is coming. Let's solve this. They waited until it was here. And then they ran from the issue. Yeah. Which leads us into Roger Goodell again, <laughs> if we wanted to. So maybe it's just a systematic way of sports that they don't want to take charge of anything. Because I, I see this in a lot of things. The high schools in the state do the same. It's, almost, it's a reactionary group. Somebody has to sue somebody or something has to happen before they are, are proactive and do something. Yeah. So we have uh, one of our listeners uh, messaged in. He said, I hope Sean doesn't go to the Cowboys. The Cowpies are the team coaches go to die. Until their GM hires a real GM, then they will never find success their talent should have. Well, as a Jerry Jones fan. <laughs> I, I don't think – yeah, Jerry Jones thinks he's the GM. And he runs his team as if he's the GM. And through his son – they run the team as a football team, as a football family. And when they've had success, it was because they let Jimmy Johnson run the team both as head coach and general manager. And since then, th- those are those are true points. I don't know if coaches go there to D- Dallas. I'm trying to think whoever went from Dallas anywhere else. Um, I don't, has anybody got? No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, so maybe... Maybe, but Sean Sean's at a Sean's at a place in his life where I think he's only going to make one more job anyway. I think he's I think he's down to the final job and and I you know I still say if TV works, I would do TV over being an NFL coach just so I don't have to watch film all the day. <laughs> and I got to do other things. Jimmy Johnson loves television. He's been great in television. Um, so I. Tony Dungy, never going to go back to the NFL because I think he likes TV. Why Why work 80 hours a day and get paid when you can get paid for working like 20 a week? That's just That to me is the ultimate of. When we come back from the break, Ron Higgins, we're going to talk Tiger football. 
It's here. Are you ready for Brian Kelly? On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for Tiger football and the Houston Astros. Half the week is in the books, which means it's time to talk Bayou Bengals with Tiger Details columnist, the Mad Dog himself, Ron Higgins. Here is Hold That Tiger on RP3 and Company. Ron, how you doing today? How, how you doing this week? You ready for uh, camp? It seems Ron froze. Ron froze. And I froze. And you froze and me froze. And all That's froze. not good. All right, Ron, Ron wow. are you there? We're waiting for Ron. We're still trying to get a connection going. Do we have to do, do we have to key the music again when this comes back? No. We'll just keep going. I, so LSU football. Go ahead. You want me to go? Yep. But I'm not Ron. No. Uh interesting year for me for Ron for uh LSU football in as much as Brian Kelly said he came here to win championships. He said I could not win a championship at Notre Dame. I'm here to win because LSU could win me a championship. Notre Dame went, I believe, eleven and two last year. LSU went six and six. So the draw now is: Can Brian Kelly make LSU that team? Can he do that? Can he lead them to the 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 promised land that he says he couldn't win at Notre Dame? Does, does that add pressure to Brian Kelly's first year? I this is this is what fascinates me: is he left a team? that was fifth in the country, had a chance to get to the playoffs because he said he could not win a national championship there. To come to a place that was 6-6, six and six, nowhere near the playoffs, and says, this is where I got to go to win a championship. I, I That, to me, says I'm interested in where he's going to go with this because this is in all – this is a, he has put all his chips into winning – a championship here. How many years are you going to give him? Do you give him one if you're a Tiger fan? No, you got to give him more than one. You I give, can him, give him at least three. Okay, you're going to give him three. I give him three. And from there, I don't know. Okay, that presents a problem. <laughs> but it it's I th- that's the part that I think is interesting is he came here to win a championship. He came here for a lot of money. Let's not kid ourselves. But he did come here to win a championship, and that's what I want to see what happens. That that's fascinating because Notre Dame's Notre Dame's an elite job. It's not a bad job, and they stuck with him when he was four and eight. And today today's camp uh, starts his rise to the championship, shall we say? As we have him, do we have Ron on the air? Oh, we're still we're still searching for Ron and uh, Tiger. Hold that tiger for the week. Apparently, we're going to hold the tiger on hold. (laughs) Anyway, LSU football has great wide receivers. Keyshawn Butte sticking around for another year, I think, shows that he is committed to the program, shows he wants to win, and gives them an opportunity to have the best playmaker in the country, perhaps. But who's going to give him the football? We've got a list, a, a a bevy of opportunity, perhaps. So LSU has to find a quarterback. Can Brian Kelly develop one? 
Does he find one? And is that enough? I I think uh, I want to see how Boudet comes out, and I want to see how many times they try to get him the football in many different directions. Because there's no question he is the premier, maybe the premier player in the SEC. He is the most interesting one of all. Uh, do we have Ron now? Ron, are you on the air now? Yeah, I, I'm on the air. Uh, 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 yeah, technology, Zoom, thanks right. very much. We, uh, we, we had your segment, Hold That Tiger. We're just holding you on hold, I guess. Uh, lots, of, lots of questions, lots of excitement around LSU with Brian Kelly. The big question to me is, obviously, who gets Keyshawn Boutte the football? Is that where all the focus is in this camp? I think that and, and, and their offensive line. I mean, the offensive line, uh, it's basically all new. Uh, and, uh, you know, two transfers will probably start. And uh, a freshman who probably is their best offensive lineman, Will Campbell. Uh, I think I think Brian Kelly, honestly, is more worried about the offensive line than really than anything else on this team right now going to the camp. Yeah, and will he – do you think the offensive line, because he has different types of quarterbacks to pick from, do you think the offensive line and its ability will kind of lead to who he has to go with the quarterback, or is he going to say, this is my quarterback and we have to get the line? This is my quarterback and then I'll get the line. Uh, that's uh, that's what I think he'll do. Uh, I don't think he'll just, he'll just say, my line doesn't block very well, I'm going to get a guy that can scramble. I think he's going to make sure the line blocks well. <laughs> I mean, uh, and... Uh, you know, I'm probably I'm in the minority camp, probably on the quarterback. Everybody, everybody has really hated on Miles Brennan for two years. Yeah, they've written him off. I mean, the the first three games of 2020, he was fantastic. I mean, off the he got better every game. The third game against Missouri, he played probably three fourths of the game with a torn abdomen and, and played unbelievably great. And then couldn't play. And then last year. Had the preseason action where he uh, got his flip flop caught aboard at a fishing camp and, and fell on his left arm and broke it. And uh, and uh, so uh, LSU fans, you know, he's injury prone. How in the hell is he injury prone? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I mean I, why? Because he had a torn abdomen, and, and then they couldn't. The doctors couldn't figure out how, how to heal. It was, it was a kind of a freak deal, or he tripped over a board. I mean, in the spring, Bob. I mean, I don't care about this. In the spring. Spring game and throughout the spring, he was the guy that consistently made the right reads, the guy that went with the ball to the right place, the guy that took care of the ball the, the best, the guy with the best arm, um, and the guy with the most, I mean, whether, you know, whether he started the three games or not, he's the guy with the most experience. He's been around there long enough. Yeah. Now, people say, people say well, Jay Daniels started at this many games and, and uh, uh, you know, in Pac-12 or whatever, that's fine. But Jane Daniels can't throw the ball very well. I mean, no, no. I mean, he's... I, mean I mean, I mean, he has to improve that a bunch if, he, if he's going to get a play a lot or, or figure out, or figure out an offensive set that that, that favors him. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, these are two contrasting quarterbacks. So then you have, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer who who improved a lot over the spring. Uh, but the guy who looks like a college quarterback is Miles Brennan, I mean, as far as physique and uh, way he handles himself. Uh, Jay Downs is a really good athlete, and, uh, uh, and you could see him playing a lot of 
positions because he's, he's just he's just fast. Uh, but I mean, like I said, I, I'm probably the minority, but I think Miles Brand will be your starter for the opener, and I think they'll figure out how to get Jaden Daniels on the field. Yeah, or, or, I, I just see he's too good an athlete to keep off the field. Well, it, I guess the big question is how many times are you going to give Butte the football because he is the pre, a premier player in this league, and him staying is really a commitment to Brian Kelly. That was his first big win, wasn't it? Yeah, I said that was his first big win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, to, to get him to come back, he can thank the NIL money and LSU to get him yeah. back here. <laughs> uh, look, 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 there's about zero loyalty in college football these yep. days. It's, it's a shame, but that's just the way it is. And, I mean, I understand guys want to get paid, but uh, – I mean, thanks to the NCA, the, the gutless NCA, which, you know, I understand the NIL, NIL money. First of all, they didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. So they just and say, but that, that, but the, they just kind of doubled down the past couple of weeks when they passed the rule and said, you know what? Y'all can transfer as much as you want all through your college career. So basically, you go to the highest bidder every year. Yeah. So, man, I know people bang on head college head coaches, say they make too much money. Well, Hoss, let me tell you one thing. If you're managing a bunch of 18 to 20 or two years old, and all they want to do is make more money, and that's what they constantly think about is how to make more money, your, your roster is going to change more than an NFL roster, which has yep. some sort of – and, uh, yeah, Boucher came back, and I mean, and that, that certainly helps them. they got to float. They got a they got a bunch of good receivers. I think they got a, a good core of running backs. Offensive line is the only really question mark on the on the offense. Really, it really is. And uh, defensively, their defensive line is probably as, as good as anybody in the country. Yeah. Uh, and, and the linebackers are good. The corner, the defensive secondary is a bit of a question mark because two of their best transfers didn't play much or at all in the spring. Uh, Derek Bernard Converse got hurt early. Oklahoma State and uh, uh, you know uh, graduate uh, transfer from Ohio State Seven Banks well, wasn't here yet, so they have people who weren't here yet. That's the interesting thing about the, the transfer portal is that it's like you're, you're bringing in a ton of people who uh, have a year or two, and they don't get here until the summer, and they're not in your spring, so they've got to acclimate in a hurry <laughs> when they get here in the preseason. So some of them came in early. Uh, but, you know, some of them uh, didn't, like, uh, you know, Noah Kane from Penn State, the kid from Baton Rouge. Uh, he didn't, you know, he wasn't here early. So the running back, so he's got to acclimate quickly to kind of pair up with, uh, you know, John Emory Jr. Uh, at running back. Yeah, I think that that's – and with the transfer portal, um, I have said that this makes camp more important than usual. In the, in the past, you kind of did everything in the spring to get ready, and then camp became this – get ready for the season. Now camp is literally a training camp and a getting to know what you have and how to play together. Isn't it? I, exactly. And I, and I've always, I've always said, I really believe that they should have some sort of scrimmages with other with yeah. opposing teams before the start of the season. You know, like what the NFL does it. We know the NFL has, has scrimmages, not, not, not exhibition games. They have scrimmages yeah. with, with other teams. And, and you know, a, a training camp and certain practices, I really believe it would, it would benefit. You know, and, and the thing is, in basketball, they do it. 
Yeah. In, in college, in, in, they do it in college basketball. You have, you have preseason scrimmages. Nobody ever knows about them. They, they keep them secret. But, you know, like, for instance, last year, LSU and, and PC, uh, uh, LSU and Baylor hooked up in, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a, a preseason scrimmage. LSU played pretty well, as I understand. But the whole thing is, why can't you have that in football to kind of work some of your kinks out? Because, uh, you know, you go on these opening games, and, and now, especially in, in, the, in the you know Power Five and the SEC, in the first couple of weeks, you're going to play your best non-conference game. Yeah, I mean you're, you're, your TV and, and, game. And so you have, you have to know in a hurry what you're doing. I mean, let me uh, look, look at Florida. You know, I mean, Billy Napier's got to play Utah in the first game. Yeah, I mean, and, and they're they're favored to win. They won the league last year. They're favored to win the league this year. He's got them in the first game. So, uh, yeah, and you're right. I mean, you got to. You know, it used to be, you go to preseason camp to answer a, a you know. A, a couple of questions about your team to kind of linger from the spring. Now you're plugging in a bunch of new people, and you got to plug them in in a hurry. And this, uh, and, and, the, and, and in this case with Brian Kelly, it's, it, it doubles because now you've got a new coach and a new system with new coaches, and uh, and 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 there's that aspect of they. I mean, they've had a spring and a winter with them, and still they have new people going to. Uh, uh, a season, you have to learn how they operate in in, in season practice. I mean, how they operate in games. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a whole bunch of stuff. No, it's it's a it's a different world, and it's it's coaches as much as anything else. It's coaches learning these new guys, and they have to break them down into they have, they have learned another system, and you got to break them not only down, but they've got to they've got to forget the old system and learn their new system. And a lot of them, like you said, weren't here until summer. So they didn't get the spring. So it's a it's di- it's a different type of camp than before. Right, with this in mind, I, I I wanted to ask you the Florida State game. Two teams that used to have completely elite. Florida State's been down a lot longer than LSU, but how big is that as a stepping stone to this season? Because that's a television game. A lot of eyes are going to be on it, but it it is a game there for for lack of a better term will launch your season. Um, how important is that to be ready for that? Like you said, there's no scrimmages. Is that what you mean when you say a scrimmage? It'd be nice to have maybe two a days against a two lane or something just to go as different yeah. bodies. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always thought you know, that you should have, I mean, a two lane. I even thought, you know, you, you bring in a really good one double A team within your state, yeah. you know, and, 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 and have that. Uh, yeah. The first game's important. I mean, they, they need to, uh, they need to they need to look organized. They need to look you know a uh, uh, few mistakes. They need to offensively. They need to look good. I mean, I'm really not worried about LSU's defense. I mean, if, if, if they get if the defense folds, I'll be stunned because I just tell, I mean, like I said, their 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 line is tremendous, uh, and the rest of it's not too bad either. And I'm you know, and again, uh, you know, this hasn't been talked about very much, but. I mean, LSU I mean, lost its entire kicking game. Yeah, and, it's a, and that was a big weapon. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, in, in the last four years in the SEC, LSU has had a, has hit a high percentage of field goals than anybody in the league, eighty three percent. Had the most kickoffs and touchbacks, around eighty four percent. And so they lost both those guys, and then lost a punter. Uh, uh, and so they got to replace all of that. 
uh, and that's uh, that's a huge loss for LSU when you when you're a field goal kicker it gets drafted. You know, and Kay George, yeah. he was great. Uh, you know, we had. You know, like 15 of 19 from 50 yards. Yeah, you were in scoring position in, in midfield. You were in scoring position. Yeah, I mean, and so uh, guy was uh, guy was unreal, and so but that's a, a, a big loss there. But I, I just think that you know, I'm just taking a shot here. But I think the defense is going to have to get the offense a little bit early unless the offense really comes out on fire. I just. Uh, I know spring games are spring games, but. Uh, offense didn't look particularly great in the spring game, and it had to do with the offensive line. I mean, yeah. offensive line gave them a bunch of sacks early in that scrimmage, and uh, and that's what you worry about, right? I think, like I said, that's what Brian Kelly's biggest concern is: is the offensive line and how quickly he can get that together. All right, I want to I want to thank you for your time. We had to cut you short because obviously we didn't get you for a while, but I want to thank you for your time. Ron Higgins, Tiger Details on Hold That Tiger. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week, Ron. Hey, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. When we come back, we're going to check on our poll on 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. This is the game. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. I'm back to finish up our number two. This is Jim Gazzolo in for RP3. Hannah, what's the poll question real quick? Where are we at? What food are we eating at uh, the opener? <laughs> uh, let's see. Updating, updating, updating. L- By the way, LSU's, <laughs> LSU's first game is at the Superdome, which means tailgating will be less, but now you got waiter. Right. So <laughs> our foodie poll question is, what is your go-to main entree at a tailgate? Still leading the vote is 48% for hamburgers and hot dogs, 30% for other... 22% for chicken wings and zero still for seafood. No one. What is the other? I mean, people can vote whatever, but people are putting gumbo and gumbo. I don't know if you have seafood gumbo, so that counts as seafood. Just saying. Yeah, I, I, um, I think the other is getting a little confusing. <laughs> right. So uh, LC, little little sizzle, what his, his name is, says other barbecue chicken, sausage, potato salad, baked beans, and rice dressing. Oh, that's a pretty good meal. That was a pretty good meal. That's that's pretty good. I can I can I can be down with that. I could be too. No other new comments. I don't see any on the Facebooks. Yeah, that's but interesting. I, I I the waiter thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I need someone that's going to a Saints game to. Uh, we'll go to the first LSU game. Is going to be there. True. You go to the LSU game, their opener in the Superdome. Please let us know what waiter says. And let us know what waiter is. Well, Raymond will be there. He probably will. So there you go. Just ask Raymond to well, ask Raymond to get waiter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ray, can you get waiter real quick? He's like, yeah, waiter. Sure. The money off my tree I have in the backyard. Get waiter just for that. I wonder what that would. I wonder how expensive that waiter would be. I don't know. I feel like you shouldn't have like fees or anything. I feel like I don't know. Well, the, you, somebody it, needs to go and tell it, us. It's saving you from the trip to the concession stand. Yeah, that, at the least. That, those those at like the 12, least. 20, 12 to twenty steps you had to take to get up to the concession stand. That's just <laughs> terrible on those feet. Hey, you man. might miss a play. <laughs> you might miss a play. <laughs> we'll be back 
1037 the game, 1041 the game, Lafayette Lake Charles. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Our number three, Jim Gazzola in for RP3, day two of my four days this week for the big guy. College football starting off. McNeese State starting kickoff. I guess they kicked off practice four minutes ago. Joining us now is one of the voices of McNeese Sports, who will be in Bozeman, Montana on September 3rd. Ron Hayes. Coach, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fine, Jim. Do people actually get up this early? Yes, I mean, I've been up for two hours this morning. This is unreal. We've uh, we've had three phone calls. Hey, did you uh did you and join Tiger Woods in turning down the seven hundred million dollars to the Live uh, Golf Tournament? You know, two things impressed me about your two minute drill you just had. One was the news on Tiger Woods, which was, I guess, uh, interesting. And the other, and I mean it sincerely, was sad. And Ben Scully passed. Yeah, away. Ben Scully. What a I, tremendous! I, I knew him boy. when I was in L.A. I met him a couple of times. And uh, you know, nice weren't guy. Weren't you over there? Didn't yeah. You, didn't you cover sports in Los Angeles for a while? Yeah, I was. I was. I met Vin Scully. I did it for twenty years. I met him more than once, so many times. Very nice. I mean, man. was he the real deal? Was, yeah, he, was he? Was an incredibly in private, nice guy. Like he was in public. He was. Yeah, he was incredibly nice and incredibly helpful to young people in the business, which I was at the time. Um, very helpful, and you know, he dates you back all the ways back to the days of Brooklyn and radio. So yeah. he's one of your guys. Yeah, he's a radio guy. All right, Ron, I got to ask you this right off the bat. 100, yeah. 110 players for McNeese, which is a high for a lot of years now. It's been a while since they've had these kind of numbers. 58, or uh, let me see if that's right. 58 of them are freshmen and transfers, and right. 15 are from the portal. Right. So I guess you're the expert on McNeese football. What's going to happen with all these? <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know what they're like. But I'm honored that you call me that. I know you've called me a lot worse. Here's the deal. It's a clean slate, Jim. Yes. It's a clean slate in Lake Charles. And we needed one. We have had uh, one disaster after another for the past six years, really, if you think about yes. it. And it's been so typically un-McNeese. McNeese was a standard in the Southland Conference for years. It, to get to the championship, you had to go through Lake Charles. I mean, you had to, to out-coach and out-play the Cowboys. It was just that simple. And then things went south, and they went south in a big way, some caused by nature with the, the storms and all of the, the madness that came after that. Others, uh, coaching changes. Three coaching changes, what, in six years? Yes. I mean, that was unheard of. Used to be McNeese was the place as a coach you went to to retire. We had coaches that had been there for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. You go back to Jack Dolan and Ernie Duplichan and Tucker Devitas and Ted Bavell. And I mean, these guys were there for an awful long time. Then you come up to the current era when you had guys that were one shot wonders. Uh, Sterling Gilbert 
I mean, he barely had time to unpack his luggage. I don't think he did. I don't think. He, I don't think he ever furnished his house. Well, I think you're right. I actually think you're right. I, I know. I, I, I don't think he finished furnishing his house. Time. No, I don't think he did. Well, th- that gives you some indication of what was going on. In the in the interim, the fans who are just waiting for a reason to explode in fervor and love and support have been waiting and yeah. have been waiting and have been waiting. If this is the real deal, if golf is the guy he uh, appears to be for the McNeese program, look out. It's going to be fun times dead ahead for the Cowboys and their boosters. Well, I, so I, they're going back to Saturday nights at 7 o'clock. Their tradition. Yep. Fans are excited about that. But they, I've said this about Goff, and, and this is this is my take completely. He is the first coach in the last four that wants to be here and isn't looking for his, his next job the first day he got on campus. How big is that, Jim? That's a huge How deal. How big is that for a school that's, like That's McNeese. a huge deal. You've got a student population in McNeese right now of about 6,000 kids. Yeah. In its prime, McNeese was up bumping 9,000, 9,500. Yeah. They have to win. I mean, it's just pressure aside, they have to win for the future of the school. Needless to say, for the future of the program, it just has to be that way. And I think that's going to happen. You talked about the number of new people that they have in here. You're talking about a brand-new coaching staff. You're talking about over half the players that are brand-new to Lake Charles and to Magnese. I mean, it's a clean slate. It and is. I think golf is going to be the artist to paint the pretty picture. Yeah, it is. And uh, Ron Hayes joining us from Lake Charles. And, Ron, the, the thing about having 110 players, you saw the last two seasons especially when we were playing at noon, they didn't have enough people to practice during weeks. Yeah. They didn't yeah. have enough, especially on the offensive line. But also we were, we were seeing offensive linemen <laughs> that were – Walk on true freshmen having to start. <laughs> well, what, That's what rough. you were really seeing, Jim, were gassed players. Yeah. By the fourth quarter, Magnus was gassed. And they'd start off great. They'd look yeah. good. They'd be sharp. They'd execute. They'd do all of these things in the first quarter. Second quarter, a little fall off. Third quarter, more of a fall off. Fourth quarter, it was just hold on. Just survive. Just get through it. Catch up. You're, you're two steps slower than the guy you're trying to yeah. guard or keep up with. or show. I mean, it was just – you could see that. And, I, and there was nothing you could do about it. Well, that was last time. There was a whole lot he's going to do about it this time. Well, and he's got – I guess the 110 is 58 new faces. Uh, the one thing that I've, I've seen and noticed about the town is we, we, we all talked about hurricanes and that and the victim mentality we suffered through. That's kind of gone now with this group. This group wasn't here for that. And yeah. secondly is – this is a town you said it wants it wants to explode. There's a buzz like there hasn't been in in a long since I can remember 15 14 2014 2015. There's a buzz about this team. You know, it, it, you see it, it social media is a thing of course. Everybody's involved in yeah. social media so it would appear. They came out with this uh this concept to form a booster club, a new booster club for the Magnese Cowboys. And what happened was they started out with an appeal. If you're, you know, a cowboy, and if you you want to support the Cowboys, that sort of thing, join up, join up. They started out. They were looking for a hundred members. Well, they just topped a thousand members, Jim, yeah. about a week ago. I mean, this is what's going on, and they haven't snapped the first ball. Well, they have what 
20 minutes ago in practice. Yeah. But under the lights, they haven't snapped the first ball yet. And they're going to have a, they're going to have a scrimmage under the lights. Well, they're just waiting. They're waiting yeah. for a reason to show the love they have for the program. And I think this is going to be the time. I mean, I'm seeing people. I I went to an event last Saturday night at Bodine's, a restaurant here in Lake Charles. And they had Dr. Eric Wilder playing the guitar. And he's a team doctor. He's a great guy. And he loves to play the guitar and sing. He does a little Garth Brooks gig and that sort of thing. Anyway, I'm sitting there listening to him do his thing. And a guy walks up to me. He said, hey. Are you still going to be calling Magnus football this year? And I said, well, yes, I am. Oh, Gary, we like it and all that kind of stuff. He said, and I went to buy my season tickets the other day. There were only two left on that side of the stadium. I said, two what? He said, two tickets. There were only two tickets left you could purchase on that side of the stadium. Yeah. I said, you got to be kidding me. I have seen the day, Jim, one, when you couldn't find a ticket, and two, when all you found were tickets because nobody wanted to buy them anymore. Yeah. We're back to the point where – Tickets are going to be hard to come by. The tailgating, which, by the way, Magnese used to lead the country, not the conference, but the country, tailgating activities. It became the tailgate image that other schools wanted to live up to. And you know where we got it from? We got it from back then called USL. When USL used to have oh, yeah. their tailgating with bands, with food, you could smell the boudin. You could smell the barbecue and that kind of thing. That was an idea carried over to Lake Charles, and we got good at it. We're going to get good at it again. Well, what, one of the things he swore, the AD he swore has said is he looked at – I got to go with UL here because I'm here. But you, the, he looked at UL and said what they did was right, and we can't laugh at them anymore and be, call them rivals. We got to follow their footprint and, and follow what they did because they did it right, and look where they are now. We want to get there. So well, Jim, they've embraced the, here's that. The thing. We can steal the idea if it works and if it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that, telling that's you. Right. No, that's, that's the way it is. That's the way it should be, especially with a rival. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the whole concept of winning and all that I think is interesting. But when you went to media day the other day, yeah, you saw all these teams. Each What I thought was interesting is even though McNeese has been down, each one of them basically said, we want to be what McNeese was. We, that's what yeah. that is still the blueprint of what the Southland has to be. Um, when you see McNeese in the future, I know all the talk is FBS and moving up, and they talk about it as a as a financial survival. They have to get there. Th- this is a program that could compete on that level because it's got the facilities and things in place, doesn't it? Well, I think it does, Jim. And you've seen other schools that have done that. Yeah, you've seen other schools that have moved up, and schools that you didn't think had a shot. Uh, UL Monroe. I mean, I never was really that impressed with UL Monroe back in the day. We used to handle them very well on the football field. Uh, and, but they went ahead and took the step. Yeah. They moved up to big-time football. Now they got killed. They've been, you know, they're looking for a winning season. Matt Vitor found that out the hard way by going up there, yeah. looking to end his career. Well, it, it ended shorter than he, than he really <laughs> expected. But uh, I think McNeese could do that. They had the opportunity back when. I, I remember – when McNeese and USL, again, I'm going to call it USL simply because that's what it was called back in that day. But they both had the opportunity to move up to, quote, time football. Yeah. Well, USL became ULL, and they moved up. McNeese stayed McNeese, and they stayed in the in the smaller time division. And look what happened. Yeah. ULL, when I started at McNeese State University as a student, there were 3,500 
students at the campus. ULL had 3,500 students at their campus. This is back in the 60s. Yeah. Look at the difference now. ULL is what, about 19,000 student population? Yeah, and, and, and I, sports is a big part of that. Uh, yeah, and a, a big reason for it. But McNeese now is at 6,000 kids. So you see the difference there. Yeah. ULL went big time, and they went whole hog big time. McNeese wanted to be a big fish in a small pond, and it didn't quite work out that way except for two times when they went to the national championship. Yeah, no, Those uh, two years back when. And the pond has kind of dried up. Here's what I here's what I like to use the analogy of. McNeese was that old-time king of the frat house guy that stuck around and was the life of the party, but everybody graduated. He stayed two extra years, and in his sixth year, he woke up after a party one time and said, who are these guys? Everybody else had <laughs> left the party, and McNeese never got Now they got to get there. I, I, I actually was at that party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you were. All right, where, yeah. what, what are you – before I let you go, what are you most interesting to see come out of this camp? Forget forget the quarterback because I, I think I know who's going to be quarterback, even though he won't tell me. I think we all know who's going to be the quarterback. Um, but what do you want to see out of this camp? I want to see evidence of champions' hearts. That's what I want to see. I want to see evidence of the hearts of champions. I want them to dig deep and show all of us that they've got it, that they want it, that they're going to go get it. That's what I want to see. And I think I think golf can do this. I think he, I think he's done it before at the different levels yeah. he's coached at. I think he's got the spark. And I think he's going to transfer that spark into the hearts of the kids out there. And, boy, when that happens, Jim, oh, you talk about going to be fun times in Calcasieu Parish. You watch what I'm telling you. Well, I, I think, you know, a lot of people have asked me, I, I know a lot of people have asked me who's going to win the conference. And I said, I don't even know who's in the conference one day to the next uh, at yeah, this point. True. But, true. <laughs> um, I, and I also don't know what the transfer portal, I have no idea how good some of these kids are. But I yeah. do know that the fact that he got 58 kids to commit to a program that still doesn't have a, a press box, that still has a town that, that still has a lot of cleanup to do, shows me that he's going to sell when he can turn this around. Um, that that For the first time, I can actually say, I think they made the right solid choice as a, as a head coach. I didn't believe that the last couple of times. Yeah, and, and for good reason too, Jim. Let me tell you something. And, and you and I have talked about this off air. Uh, numerous occasions, it starts at the top. Yeah. I think with Dr. Daryl Burkell, his whole attitude, his whole drive, the direction he's going at, the goals he's set for the university are, are being parlayed into success in the sports arena as well. He played football here at Magnus. Yeah. He played with a heart. He was a small guy. He'll tell you the story about how he was recruited by Jack Dillon. Jack didn't want him. Thought he was too small. Thought it was he just it just wouldn't work. And, and his answer to Jack Dolan was, if I had my eyes one inch higher, would I look better to you? Would, you? would you take me then? And that impressed Dolan so much, he said, okay, let's do it. We'll take him. And they did, and he, he became a star for Magnese. He became a defensive giant for Magnese, and the rest is history, as they say. Uh, you start there, then you go to Heath Troyer, then you go to the rest of the team that uh, Dr. Burkell has put together, the leadership team on that campus, before you even get to Coach Goff, and you've got the pieces in place, I think, for success. I really do. I think it's a better start 
than they've had in the last six years out there, and it's just waiting to happen. And if it does, like I say, Tim, if it does, the people who are buying the tickets, the people who are, are taking part in the booster clubs, the people who are going to show up to tailgate, the people who are going to be there on Friday night to hear the bands and eat the food, and the game won't be until Saturday night, so they're getting there 24 hours early. The motorhomes that are going to be parked out there. Are you kidding me? It's going to be fun. It is going to be a blast, and I'm just thankful I'm here to see it. Well, there you go. Ron Hayes doing his He Sawyer and selling the program. <laughs> There's your He Sawyer moment for the day. <laughs> okay. All right, Ron. Well, thank right. you for your time. I appreciate it. I'm going to be heading out to practice. Heading out to practice right when I get off the air. All right, thanks. Ron Hayes, voice of McNeese. He's the uh, analyst of the Cowboy football and basketball. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's hear from you, Lake Charles. We've gotten three calls all from Lafayette. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 3rd, 1909, MLB umpire Tim Hurst instigates a riot by spitting in the face of a second baseman Eddie Collins after he had questioned a call. Hurst is later banned for life. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Back in hour number three, Jim Gazzola for RP3 and company. Hey, just so you know, everybody, I'll be cutting out a few minutes early today to go to McNeese's first football practice, but Hannah will be here. It's just going to be a couple minutes, so nobody panic. No one panic. Hannah, don't panic. I won't. I, want to, I do want to thank our callers today so far. Um, we've had Chris, James, and Mike all called, all called early in the day. They did. They woke up early just to say hello to Hannah. And, of course, our guests, Ron Higgins, Ron Hayes, and Andrew Juge, who's coming up at 8.30. How's that for promos for you? Good job. There, get everybody in there. (laughs) All right, Hannah. Yes, sir. We've talked McNeese. We've talked LSU. we got to give UL a little love. They're your team. They're your school. They open up tomorrow in camp. A new coach, new quarterback. They're like everybody else in the town in the state. Everything's new. Yep. But it's different with the UL because everybody else is coming off bad seasons and getting rid of coaches. UL's coming off a great season and promoting a coach because the other coach took a job at Florida. Yes. How do you see this year because of that? Because I do you want to go back to the New Orleans Bowl? Or do you want I something? Don't. Do you want something I'm tired more? Of New Orleans Bowl. <laughs> What's a bowl you would like? A realistic bowl you would like? I don't know. You don't really want. You, you don't want to go. You don't want to go and stay in Louisiana and go to. You want to go to Texas for a bowl? They got about nine bowls over there. Yeah, I think the. Which one did we go to? I'm telling you, the one we just went to, like not even too long ago, um, because we had I had a great time there. But um, you had such a good time, you don't remember it. I know you had a good time. It was in Florida, but I don't know the name of the bowl. It was in Florida. Yes. There's a few bowl games in Florida too. We went to Universal while we were there, and I don't. So you were in Orlando. Yeah. 
So you went to one of the Orlando Bulls. Yeah, one of those. There you go. That works. We'll just say with <laughs> went to an Orlando Bull. Okay. Yeah. I'll I, I'll think of it like after it's, the show. And it's, it'll it's, work out. It's the problem with being in the Sun Belt for UL is if you win the Sun Belt, you kind of automatically go to the New Orleans Bowl, don't you? And that kind of makes you want to go there because you've won the league, but you've done it. Right, and I think it's it's not one of the bigger bowls, and I think what we did last season was huge, and I think just to go to a New Orleans Bowl, which is, yeah, it's in our home, you know, in our home state, so it's not too far away, or we got to have our fans there and everything, and it made, you know, a big fuss, you know, them, and then we have now Marshall, who's just coming into the league now. I just, I think it was... It's a good game, but I don't think it's where UL and the Cajuns are right now. If they keep the stability of their having Michael Desermo in and coming off of Billy Napier, but Coach Mike, well, he, he was there. He was there through the last couple yeah. of seasons. So, like, he knows the groundwork and the culture as, like, just about every school now taking on, which take it from us. I think yeah, he know, no, he knows everybody's podcast. But I think – they, I expect more from our from a bowl game if we're doing so well on it. because New Orleans bowl is kind of like a hey you may have to get a New Orleans we get a bowl game so yeah go to New Orleans. You expected eleven and one you'd have a better bowl game. Right, I would be. That, that was it because we even had at one point there was rumors of going to like the New Year's you know the New Year's Six bowls like all of those yeah. bowls and I think we all expected that because we had such a great season. But, and you'd been good for a couple of years, right? Too. It's be, we weren't terrible. Like I watched the whole, you know, I was there when Billy Napier was hired. Like I've been there. I was, you know, I was here when Doctor Maggard got hired. I was here, so I got the, that's when I started school. Is when he was hired. So I think you expected more out of a bowl game because of how well we were doing that season. Do I expect us probably going there this season with having a new coach? Possibly, and I did find out it was the Cure Bowl. That's the bowl game we went to that was in the Florida. Cure Bowl. All right. Yeah, there we go. I looked it up. Boom, research. Um, but I, I don't know. I well, part of the bowl fun is to get out of town, right? You want to leave. The whole point is, you know, to be able to leave and show other places how we are. Yeah, and, and, and how good of a football and, team and, we are. And reward your team and your fan base. Right, and I think yeah. it's kind of hard doing that when you're in your home state, which. Yes, we're, it's in New Orleans, so it's closer to where, you know, like two lanes of us, but it's still. You end up you end up coming driving home. Yeah, you're going to come home. There's not like a whole lot well, to do. You just go there for your, the game and come back. Your season begins. The season, Southeast Louisiana and Eastern Michigan to start the season at home. Then you go to Rice. Very winnable game. And then you got Monroe. Right. So you got, your first four games are very winnable. They are. So uh, he, he should get off to a good start, which kind of – and, you know, Marshall comes into the league, but you beat them 36-21 in the bowl game. Right. So I don't know how – you know, there's nothing standing in your way except the fact that you have a new coach and you're starting over. Yeah. Uh, I, they, they, they're going to be fine. UL is going to be I fine. I think we will. I'm, I'm mainly ready for the Arkansas State game because that uh, is my grandmother's alma mater. Well, it's October twenty so second. We have had a betting rivalry since You're taking grandma's I got to school. money. She won last year because she decided she realized that my team was better than hers. 
So we put like a betting line on it, and she was like, you know, have to, you know, what's your, what's the, what's the points? So she got plus seven. You and your nana are are doing points on a game. Actually, it's my Grammy. My Grammy. nana is a whole right. other person. Hold on. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, they look. have names. I have names for them. Okay. Um, I, well, that, I was just, you know, I was, I was just saying. What, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 that's 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 the one game that I'm really excited for. I also. You know, I'm ready for the, you know the South Alabama Jaguars game because I have friends that I went to high school with that went to South Alabama and now they go to UL. So it's kind of like you know a kick in the butt. Like, hey, look, you came to a school that you know beat your team. But um, more 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 of that more band smack. band smack. More, <laughs> but it's not really more band Hannah smack band anymore. Smack. It's just Hannah smack. This is just smack now. Yeah, just smack talk. All right, all right. When we come back. Well, if Andrew Jug talking Saints, we want to hear about Tyron Matthew. We do. The game, when we come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your, your station for LSU's Tigers, all sports, and the Houston Astros baseball. Houdan is ready for Saints talk. The give to Camara. Breaks through, spins at the two, into the end zone. Touchdown! Time to talk Saints with the Big Easy Blitz here on RP3 and Company. Andrew, you joining us from Saints Happy Hour. Andrew, how you doing today? It's always a pleasure. Appreciate you having me. All right, all the talk. It's been it's been tweeted out there that the Honey Badger is coming back. Tyron Matthew will be in camp today. They expect him. Uh, have you seen him yet, or have, is he showing up? Uh, you know, that that's the rumor. So uh, fingers crossed. Uh, it appears that, yes, he will be back and rejoining the team today. And, and the timing is pretty important when you consider that the safety room is getting a little lean. Obviously, uh, Smoke Monday, big news yeah. that the undrafted rookie uh, blew out his knee. And so he, he's likely out for the season. Uh, and so to get a guy back in the safety room, especially a guy as talented as Tron Matthew is important. So not sure what was going on with him personally. That's been kept under wraps. Uh, but certainly it's a big deal to have him back. Well, the, the big thing for them is just it, it kind of calms the situation. And the more it lingered, the more it went on, the more people had to ask, uh, hear questions about it. It just became a bigger deal. Now it can be calmed down and put to the side and you can move on, right? Well, you know, I think a lot of times when a guy misses camp for a day or two, no one really blinks an eye. I mean, everyone has personal issues, whether it's a death in the family sure. or the birth of a child or what have you. And so – you know, I, I don't think anyone really cares to speculate, but when a player misses a full week of camp, that's more significant. And then obviously there were some reports that he may be back as soon as Monday. Then Monday and Tuesday came and went, and he wasn't back for either of those days. And so I think it's only natural that you start to hear speculation and you start to feel those concerns. And obviously you hope that the guy's all right. Um, but uh, obviously now, yes, he, he is in camp and, Look, I don't know if that means the personal personal issue is resolved or not, uh, but certainly now that he's there, I think uh, both sides can move on and just focus on uh, playing some great football. What are you hearing about Michael Thomas now? And just kind of, did he have to almost re- re-win the room or did they just kind of accept him right off the bat? No, I, I think things are at a good place with him emotionally and psychologically. And uh, look, the coaching staff has gone to great lengths to make sure that that relationship specifically with Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen and Michael Thomas, everything is copacetic. So 
Uh, I think they're at a really good place. I think in the locker room, he just has so much respect. I mean, I think the offense, especially last year, when you know when you consider they were dead last in passing, uh, there, there's no secret that Jameis Winston, this, this team, they need Michael Thomas, and they need him operating at his highest level for them to have a good chance to win. So the respect is there. I think he's at a much better place and a much better frame of mind right now. Uh, so look, always with players that have a history of maybe being a little bit up and down mentally, uh, just in terms of their, their commitment and their behavior. Uh, he is a little bit of a wild card. Uh, Michael Thomas has had kind of difficult moments uh, interpersonally, uh, but right now they're about as good of a place as they could be. So it's a positive. Uh, Dennis Allen's first training camp as a head coach. What's his learning curve and what do you think he's going to take and, and kind of extend from the Sean Payton era? Well, yeah, remember he was a coach for the, uh, for the Raiders. Uh, yeah. So he, he had a stint with them and obviously didn't have a lot of success and was fired uh, a short way into his third year. So uh, th- this is his second stint, but uh, I think he's learned a lot from those mistakes and this is a much, much more stable environment. Uh, and, and look, I, I think we're already seeing his imprint on the team uh we know he's tough-minded we know he he leans defensive just in terms of uh his approach to football uh he he had a interview yesterday where he kind of talked at length about mistakes and that football really is a, a game of eliminating mistakes and capitalizing on the mistakes that the other team makes and uh so that's really his focus is on eliminating those and, and trying making sure that the saints don't do things that lose them games so I think that's the emphasis right now. Uh, you can already start to feel his stamp. I will say the press conferences are a lot more comfortable. Uh, they're a lot more pleasant in the sense that uh, he's not chewing anyone's head off. He's a lot more respectful to the media. Uh, he, he's maybe a little bit more forthcoming with injuries or, or questions that get asked. I think Sean Payton kind of had a, a healthy and sometimes unhealthy paranoia with information that would go out there. And I think there's a lot of information that's, fine to share that probably isn't going to hurt uh, the well-being of the team and obviously there's other stuff that you want to keep closer to the vest but but I think uh, Dennis Allen is maybe a little bit more forthcoming which I, I know the media and the fans appreciate because there's just a little bit more access uh, but uh, that's been the biggest difference that I've noticed so far but uh, look in a lot of ways not a lot has changed I mean we, we have a system that's in place a coaching staff that's largely the same and uh, I think it, this is a, continu- a continuity and a, con- a continuation of Sean Payton in a lot of ways. The I, I think a lot hasn't been made of, but I liked the pickup of Andy Dalton as a security blanket or insurance policy, whatever you want to call him, to not only Jameis's injury, but if Jameis ever reverts back to the mistakes, you talk about Dennis Allen doesn't like mistakes. Andy Dalton is a pretty sure-handed guy. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He may not have the upside, but he, he's very calming influence. It has have people talked about that down there? Yeah, I, I think he's been real steady and he's been real solid. I, I think one huge value to Jameis Winston, who's still young, he's still a young yeah. quarterback. He still has a lot to learn, and I think the the value that Andy Dalton brings in the film room, uh, just with his perspective and and what he's already seen over his lengthy career in the NFL, I, I think there's a lot of positive habits and good influence that he can bring. Andy Dalton's a complete professional. Uh, Believe what you will just about his talent and what he's accomplished, but he's a guy that's been to the Pro Bowl. Uh, He's a guy that's been to the playoffs. 
Uh, he's been a starter in the league for a very long time. And so I think he, and, and he's not really a threat. That's, that's the greatest thing I think about this addition is he really is not a threat to Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston doesn't have to look over his shoulder. Uh, this isn't a situation where he's coming in to compete for the starting job. He understands his role. He's the backup. He's there to support. Uh, but, you know, as you mentioned, at the same time, if, if things go off the rails with Jameis Winston in terms of performance or if he has a setback from his injury because he is coming back from a really significant one, boy, the Saints really do have a great situ situation where their number two can come in. He's experienced. He knows what to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he won't lose this team games. He can come in and potentially help the team win a game. So uh, I think it's a good situation, but I think the main thing is just maybe a little bit of mentorship and another set of eyes for Jameis Winston. Uh, the news out of Miami in the NFL obviously is that they did get found guilty, I guess, from the NFL investigation on the tampering with Sean, uh, Sean Payton and Tom Brady. They're probably out of the Sean Payton trade talk. Um, does that mean it's Dallas? Is that what everybody expects, that he'll end up in Dallas? I certainly think, yeah. I mean, we know Jerry Jones is a Sean Payton fan, and I think it's really going to depend on how the Cowboys do this year. Look, if they don't make the playoffs, uh, Mike McCarthy's done. I think we all yeah. see that clearly. I, I actually think the Cowboys have to go to the NFC Championship at minimum to save Mike McCarthy's job. I think anything less than that probably results in his firing. At which point, yes, absolutely, you have to look at Sean Payton as a possibility very closely. You know, I, I've always thought that, and look, they do have Dak Prescott, so they have a good quarterback situation there. But uh, I, I know that Sean Payton kind of views uh, a successful quarterback as a critical piece to, to having a good coaching stint. And he knows that very well from his time with Drew Brees. And obviously things went off the rails with having to play four quarterbacks last year. Offensively, things didn't work out. And I think Sean Payton kind of didn't want to go through that again. So I think he sees pretty clearly that he needs to be aligned with a good quarterback. So, you know, the Chargers is one where I think if they don't have success this year, yeah, I, I agree. Justin Herbert, I, I think that's a job that in a lot of ways makes a ton of sense for Sean Payton. Uh, and, and there's probably a couple others, but yeah, obviously I would put Dallas on the list and look at the end of the day, um, the Dolphins, they don't have a first-round pick now. And you know the Saints are going to be looking for yeah. that kind of compensation. So I agree with you that it, it makes the odds a lot longer. No, I, I have actually said the Chargers make sense if they don't pan out. Um, I think it, it, that and a possible move to Chicago in the future if he wants to go back home, those are really the only two things I see. But, no, he needs a quarterback because he needs a guy that can run his system and be an extension. And Herbert would be an excellent choice for him. All right, what is – what is the one thing – I got you go on this. What is the one thing you want to see moving forward in camp that, that kind of solidifies this team's future for the year? Is there, is there one area besides uh, an offensive line or, or a position? But what do you want to see as a group that kind of steps forward? Well, listen, uh, before today I would have said Teron Matthew coming back to camp. You know, that, that would have <laughs> been my answer. So, uh, obviously, that's a big relief. I know it's a big relief for fans. Uh, that's a big relief, just I'm sure for Matthew and just his personal stuff, but also uh, the team. I mean, they're counting on him, so it, it's critical to get him back. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I think defensively, especially with Matthew in the building, we know that the Saints go by their defense. We know they're very solid. We know they're a good special teams group, so we know those are sound areas of this football team. 
And, and really the, the one question mark is offensively. And I, I think you could go a lot of ways with this. Uh, Jameis Winston kind of living up to his full potential is a big one. Obviously, I think this team is going to go where Jameis Winston takes them because offensively that's kind of the one big question mark that remains. Uh, I will say, look, offensive line, you mentioned the offensive line, and I'm, I'm glad you did because I think that's such a huge piece of Jameis Winston's progression. And I, I think Jameis Winston, we know he's at his best when he's doing play action. If you, if you support him with a strong running game and you set up play action, he is a top 10 play action quarterback in the league, possibly a top five. Uh, other areas of his game struggle, but we know that when it comes to play action passes, he is exceptional in that area. That's where he's at his best. And I know the Saints are going to ramp that up and, and try to play to his strengths and do that a lot this year. But, you know, when you do play action, first of all, you have to support it with a good run game so that your opponent, the defense, is expecting run. But then on top of that, you, there are more significant step drops when you, and you, you have to allow time for these routes to develop when you run play action and you're looking to get downfield and you're looking to get vertical. And so that's where good pass protection really comes into play. So as always, offensive line play and quarterback play kind of go hand in hand, but there are some question marks. When you look at Trevor Penning, a first round pick who was added, will he start at left tackle? I think the sooner they can get him acclimated and playing the better, because I think his ceiling is higher than James Hurst. And then on the right side, Cesar Ruiz at, at guard has had some issues. So, his growth, his development is critical, I think, to this offense making a leap. And Andrews Pete at left guard is a guy who's been injured a lot and uh, has been up and down in terms of his performance. So I think if this offensive line can stay healthy, if it can galvanize, and if some of these question marks can raise to the level of their talent and ability, uh, I think that's going to be huge. So that's what I'm looking at more, most closely. Well, I got to ask you one really quick question that, that I <laughs> forgot about was, how much is the Alvin Kamara situation being monitored by the Saints as they watch Deshaun Watson? Yeah, well, look, it's it, it's punted for now, so that's the good news. Uh, his case was continued, and uh, he's he really there's nothing else to do until late September. Uh, my guess is that his lawyers will try to punt this into the future again when that comes up, but I don't really see the NFL levying any sort of suspension or decision until that case resolves. Uh, the one big caveat that I always give to this is if video leaks, all bets are off. We remember with Ray Rice yeah. what happened, and you know he, he was kind of off the hook, and you know there was a cloud around him, but he was able to kind of continue playing. Yeah. But the minute we saw it and laid out for all to bear visually with that video that leaked, it was a different story. So uh, if there is video, if it gets leaked, and if it's incriminating for Kamara, then I think the story changes. But absent of that, I think this is something that will continue to get punted out could he be suspended in 2023? I think potentially we're, this is something we maybe worry about again next year. But for this season, I'm starting to feel like it's much less likely that this will hang over his head or that he'll have to deal with any kind of suspension. All right, Andrew, I want to thank you for your time. Andrew Jude from um, Saints Happy Hour and Big Easy Blitz. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Any, anytime. Thanks so much for having me. All right, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. I'm Jim. I'm out for today. Hannah will follow you for the last five minutes. Thank you. Welcome back, guys. Uh, as you heard, Jim had to step out because he's going to McNeese for football. So, for the first time ever, you're going to get Hannah five names by herself. 
for three and a half minutes. So, of course, I am nervous because, you know, I'm me and I usually have Ray to back me up or somebody else to back me up. But we're going to start with the poll question of the day. So we're going to give us our lat update. So the poll question was, what is your go-to main entree at a tailgate? We had hamburgers and hot dogs, seafood, chicken wings, and other. I don't know why y'all don't want to pick seafood, but we still have zero votes for seafood. Uh, leading the vote, we have 52% for hamburgers and hot dogs. Of course, that's the winner because that's like the cliche, the usual go-to for most people is hamburgers and hot dogs because it's so easy just to grow a hot dog and a hamburger and go, ba-boom, done, done. Uh, then we have 26% for other. I'm assuming everybody wants to pull in their own stuff because, yes, we are from Louisiana, so make our own full meal. It's whatever. And then leading at the very end of the vote, we have 22% for chicken wings. So... I don't see any other updates of comments on everybody. So I'm going to give you a rundown real quick. So when it comes to sports, it's a little bit harder for me because I'm not like Ray. I'm not like Mesh or Miguez. So my, my knowledge is not 100%. But I, I thank you all the time because... Y'all realize that I don't have as much knowledge, but I'm learning. And y'all both, all y'all, most people will commend me on that. So it makes it a little bit better. But when it comes to this seasons, I think I'm most excited for college football. Because we have, as we talked about all week long and for the past couple of months now, we have new coaches at McNeese. We have new coaches at LSU we have new coaches at UL for the Raging Cajuns so I think this is maybe like an optimal growth year and more of like a, a revamp for Louisiana because yeah you have you know tech which y'all know I can't stand and you have other places but I think it's gonna be a main watch for most people that are in Louisiana to look at you know McNeese LSU and UL because this is a growth season. It's a new start for these programs. And I think it's going to help to kind of see, you know, what's going to go on and see where these coaches' heads really are at because we have no idea. We've seen them in, you know, their camps beforehand and they did as soon as the offseason hit. But seeing what's going to happen this coming season, I think it's going to be very much a surprise and a kind of like a truck along type thing going on. But, you know, who knows? I hope all three teams do well because they should. But, you know, that's that's going to wrap up the end of the <laughs> the show. Uh, of course, tonight you can listen to the Astros versus the Red Sox, the final game of the three-game series. Hopefully they can pull out another win, but ball game starts at 110, which means Bob Sparks and them will be on the call around 1230. So, of course, that means no Jordy Holberg show. But, you know, hopefully we'll have a little bit of crunch time at the very end. Other than that, y'all have a great and fantastic day. I hope you all do really well and stay safe. And bye!